0: Shut up and sit down. Hello, you've reached the Down Podcast with Matt Legrand, Evan Price, and Jake Von During. Sorry we've missed your call. Please leave a detailed message after the tone, and somebody will get back to you shortly. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dialed Podcast. I'm Jake Fondering and today I'm here with Mr. Matt LeGrand. Hey, how's it going? And Mr. Evan Price. Hello. And our very first special guest, Dr. Lance Hepler.
1: I am a super genius. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my kids call me. (laughs) All right.
0: (laughs) We are growing up. We've got an extra person at the table today. Such, such fun stuff. So, all right. So let's, let's kick this thing on. Uh, How are you guys, uh, how are you guys doing today?
2: good yeah good yeah how's that cup of coffee treating you? It's tasty just yeah. got out of the pool and uh, the coffee tastes fantastic yeah.
0: what what uh coffee cup do you have going on there today
2: uh, uh this is a starbucks cup with the san diego cityscape so nice yeah, not too shabby
0: yeah, It's mm-hmm. my from my wife's personal collection so
3: yeah. take care of that one she likes that san diego oh. mug <laughs> i've phoenix over here and it's nice and sunshiny and that would be just so so nice right now we (laughs) could so use some sunshine here
0: a nice hit of vitamin d to go with that uh, nice hit of caffeine for you yeah lance how are you doing man it is so awesome to have you here
1: thank you very much (laughs) i'm happy to be here yeah so how's the uh retired life treating you oh or quasi retired life yeah you know i just i just like to say that i'm i'm on a I'm on a quest to find the Holy Grail. That's all I'm doing. doing nice. <laughs> right. uh, so that was a joke for my son that I just couldn't pass up. But um, yeah, I'm I've, I've, I'm young. I'm only 47, but I did just recently retire, and so that's what um, I'm talking about. It has been glorious. Yes, yes. That, <laughs> is, so, that
3: is the plan. How did you do? How, how, how did
1: you retire at 47? That is a big long story. <laughs> give so me, how much of that story do you want? Give me the spark Notes version <laughs> of that. Okay. <laughs> Well, I was a dentist for 20 years, uh-huh. so um, I, I had a very focused um, and hard-working career for a good 20 years. I started several offices. Um, I managed several offices. I managed to parlay what I made in that into different real estate investments. Um, my real estate investments grew enough that I got to the point that um, I could live off the investments. Um And then my body blew up on me (laughs) and it gave me the chance to, uh, step away from dentistry. So, so mm being, being a physical therapist myself, how did your back deal with being a dentist? That's that what broke down on you? That's what broke down on me. People do not understand how hard that job is. That is, you know, interestingly enough, I never had issues with my wrists or hands or carpal tunnel issues. I never had Mm -hmm. issues with my neck. Those are, those are usually two of the three things that take Mm -hmm. people out of dentistry. But my back did not make it. So L4, L5, L3, L4, that's where I had trouble in my lumbar region of my back. yeah, so I've had three back surgeries in the last couple of years oh, man. and you know recover and retrain from that. and mm-hmm. so it just was finally it got to the point where it blew yeah. up on me. I, I could deal with the pain that the pain, you know, as an athlete, you, right. You deal with pain. You know mm-hmm. the good athletes are the ones that can endure the pain. It being a, a good athlete is really about pain management and mm-hmm. and some skill and some training, yeah, and yeah. A little <laughs> and some God given talent. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the more you can endure pain, the better you are. So I could always deal with the pain, but my last issue uh, with my back actually caused drop foot on my right side. Got it. That okay. has not resolved. So I've only got about, about 20% resolution on my right side with the drop foot. And that was just enough to go. Yeah. Do I,
3: that will, that, that will end a triathlon career right there,
1: (laughs) but it will birth a
3: wonderful cycling career. Correct. (laughs) There you go.
0: So, for those of you that don't know Lance Hepler, he is a, a phenomenal athlete, and his athleticism um, kind of goes way back when to, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, he was, you know, accomplished athlete. But tell us a little bit about your, your collegiate career. You were a pretty decorated uh, collegiate athlete, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, I was a decathlete in college. Um, I actually walked on the track team at, at BYU, at Brigham University in Utah, and I um, I was a decent high school athlete, but not phenomenal at any one event, so that's why I gravitated towards the decathlon, because I tend to be decent at every event instead of great at every one, and so the combination of being decent at all of those, I I, I did well as a as a decathlete. You know, what, you know what track and field athletes call decathletes? Tell me. Athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like real athletes, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> So I loved it. My college career was fantastic. I I um, I competed all four years. I I, I took uh, third a couple of times in our conference meets, so I was never the champion or anything. Yeah. But, but, BYU, but I, I scored points. I mean, that's not yeah. that's not a you that's know, a very good conference yeah, too, yeah, right? Not a joke. Is that? No, yeah. no, no. It was in the WAC back then. In the WAC, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: But still BYU's team is you know, that's so, a-
3: So you were a decathlete all four years? Correct. Is that common? I mean, I know some people kind of develop into decathletes
1: at some point. I, I wasn't good enough at anything else. (laughs) And so I'm like, I've got to stick to this. I actually, I was a decent triple jumper, Mm -hmm. which which is not part of the decathlon. (laughs) (laughs) And I was a decent javelin thrower, believe Uh it or not. So um, I would end up competing in, in those two open events too at most meets. So I'd do my decathlon the first two meets and then I'd come back the next two days and still do the triple jump and still do the the javelin. So he would have me that. So you had some busy weekends <clears throat> yes. in college, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, I, I I loved college. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. But now
3: I, now when you went to dentistry school after that, what what was your next like athletic
1: endeavor cuz um, I, I imagine you go from decathlon to you still got to be doing something I I really needed to be doing something and for 4 years in dental school I did nothing I think
2: <laughs> I think that's what you see a lot of track and field athletes or you know that's what I've noticed is like you finish that college career and it's like there's no support and you're expected to work right an epic ton of hours whether you're starting your career or you're you know you're going on to like further school work or whatever it is and people just stop because and because it's like, okay, what am I gonna do? Go run a five K or something? Like right. no, they've been competing at a pretty high level right. conference or whatever and there's not an opportunity for you to like bust out the decathlon no. skills while you're, you
1: know, putting in what they did, like they did not translate. weeks. Yeah. Uh, dental school was a hundred and twenty hour a week gig <clears throat> yeah. for four years. Yeah. Plus I was recently married, plus I had two kids in dental school, so and we were managing an apartment building. So those were Oh wow. My dental school years were Hard years. <laughs>
0: so it almost made dentistry feel easy yes. once you got to get into the actual Once I got profession. out. I'm like, what? I just have to work eight hours a day. Fantastic. Sign me up. I can do that.
1: Oh, that's good stuff. Um, when you were a decathlete,
0: what was your favorite discipline?
1: Um, I was good at the jumps. I was a good hurdler. I was a good long jumper and high jumper. Believe it or not. Yeah, that makes Even sense to me. Five ten. I was yeah.
3: about to ask how tall you are, <laughs> but 5'10". I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> yeah. seem too
1: presumptuous. There. So. You probably had a pretty decent vertical leap, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've I've high jumped six six yeah. before, you know, and I'm oh, only five wow. ten, and so that for a decathlete, yeah. it's a collegiate decathlete, that's yeah. decent. Yeah. So I was competitive there.
0: You got good hops, that's a good sign of power yeah. and we have a term when we go on our group rides it's called lancing. Uh, <laughs> so while we we'll be yeah, cruising fine. along we have a nice pace line going and then all of a sudden Lance comes up with a uh, an imaginary finish line and and he's <laughs> off to the races and he lances the whole group <laughs> laying down massive watts and just like just explodes and he's such a powerful guy that you know you can see the whole bike flexing back and forth Mike. Oh, God. <laughs> hold it together there, Mike. You can do this. But yeah, Lance, is uh, he's known for these these little powerful bursts, and it's uh, always a good time. I, but he's I, definitely...
1: Yeah. I have the ability to hold about 1,400 watts for about five seconds. Yes. That's it. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it for about five seconds. Yep. But- but, uh, yeah, in a long sprint where you're doing it for 30 or 40 seconds, I, I just, I, I can't hang.
3: But There you go. The the, the sides of this table are very unbalanced um. right now. We have, <laughs> we have Jake and Lance on one side putting out 1,400 watts and Matt and Evan on the
2: other side putting out
3: 400 watts. About Yeah, okay. So. Epic sprint, epic sprint, yeah.
2: The, yeah,
1: the two of us together can't take one of you down. So yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, uh... <laughs> you know, I, there's a reason for my madness for doing that because... Um, when we're out group riding, you know, I'm I'm trying to prepare for circuit races or for sure. crits or sure. for PIR races where it, which is like a two mile circuit race, and so you're always trying to cover moves or go off the front or yep. whatnot. And and I needed that that sprint power. Yep. Even though just for a few seconds, and and after sitting on the wheel, it was a group ride, which is fantastic for an hour and a half. I needed to. Yeah open them up a little bit yeah
0: and, and you know what don't kid yourself those are some of my most favorite memories and <laughs> most <laughs> favorite parts of the group rides it's like all of a sudden the whole thing just blows up and it's like go get them you know <laughs> and, and everybody's trying to chase down Lance to get to wherever his imaginary finish line is where we're kind of guesstimating but <laughs> and usually it's like oh I've already passed and you'll ride your as <laughs> well oh it's all good times though now, so do,
3: uh, around here do you guys do town line sprints yes do you yes. guys still have that okay yes. I was wondering in this city area limit. C- city, city limit, limit signs yeah. yeah that's yeah. Right. And obviously in Rural areas, yeah. like where I'm, you know, where I used to ride quite a bit, that was the thing. It was if there's a town line coming up, yes. you know, you kill your. It's it's the green jersey points right there. Exactly,
0: so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those are always a good time. I remember when I first moved here, and people would be jumping I'm like, "Oh, they do it up here too!" So yep. I had to learn yep. where all of the city limit <laughs> signs were, so I'd stop getting left behind. So. <laughs> fun stuff. So Lance, are you still setting an alarm clock these days? Uh no, no? I turned
1: my alarm clock off. <laughs> <laughs> it is fantastic. The yeah. first time in 30 years for me I've yeah. turned the alarm clock off.
0: So I never envied the uh, the work schedules that you would keep keep especially when you were commuting between, you know, here in Vancouver area to Astoria. Yeah. That was
3: nuts. So you yeah. commuted to
0: Astoria. Well,
1: I, I owned three dental offices for a number of years okay. and one here in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, one in Silverton, Oregon, which is about an hour away. And then one in Astoria, Oregon, which is about an hour and a half away. Just
2: the opposite
1: direction. Correct. Yeah. And and Smart. I had those offices because they were opportunities that came up that I couldn't pass up. It's not like, yeah. I need to pick somewhere an hour and a half away. So yeah. I I uh, bought these offices. I, actually, I took them over. They were failing offices and the guys that really mm-hmm. needed help. And I was able to turn those offices around for them. And so it, it all worked out very well. But... I would work Monday through Thursday in my Vancouver office, and I would usually commute commute to Silverton or Astoria every Friday, and sometimes on Saturday too. So, it yeah, Yeah, you you have deserved this retirement. it's been a it's been a long. You need to buy that nice
3: bike and just ride that (laughs) thing wherever you want. Well, the problem
1: is I have a garage full of nice bikes, but don't. I try to keep my wife out of the garage. And plus one, (laughs) and plus one, (laughs) right? Don't look in the garage. (laughs) Please don't go in there.
0: So at what point in time did you get that that cycling bug? When did it really take root with you? Because, I mean, we've seen you out there on the cyclocross bike, racing cross, racing mountain bikes, racing road bikes, time trialing, doing everything on a bicycle. When did that really take root inside of you? Well,
1: this this is kind of an interesting story, you know, and it's probably a story that's pretty similar to a lot of people. Um, Because uh, once I got through dental school and I got a little bit of my own time back, um, I... I played soccer for a number of years, believe it or not. And then, you know, I tore my ACL. And so um, I, I had the surgery, healed up from the ACL, and I needed to do something that wasn't so much... Side to side. Yeah, side to side. So somebody mentioned uh, triathlon, and I thought... I. I want to do that. Like there's zero side to side movement there. It's <laughs> all <is>. straightforward. <laughs> and, and I so, like doing lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only three things. things yeah. Big deal. It's it's 30% the, maybe. It's <laughs> a perfect sport for a
3: decathlete because you don't even have to be good at any of those three. You just got to be average. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> the only thing is, you know, decathlon is all speed and power right. and triathlon is all <laughs> endurance, right? It's all slow twitch, muscle mm. fiber, and it's all endurance. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I swam in high school, so I had a little bit of history there. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I was, you know, and I thought, I can learn how to bike, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I signed up for, a, you know, I have the classic old guy triathlon story. I started with a few sprints. I did well. I moved up the ranks pretty quickly. I, gra- I, you know, I immediately gravitated towards long distance triathlon because that's where the glory is, right? The and, glory. And then yes. you did the Ironman, <laughs> And you? then I went right to Iron Man <laughs> because right? that's basically a sprint. That, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's only nine or ten hours, right? <laughs> Big deal. So. Um, Yeah. So within the first, you know, I had a five year stretch there where I did 40 or 50 triathlons and I did three Ironman races and I took a, I did Ironman uh, Florida twice and I did Ironman Canada once. Mm -hmm. And I had about an 18 month stretch where I completely focused my whole life around my Ironman training. All my businesses suffered my family life (laughs) suffered, (laughs) my church service suffered, all that stuff kind of suffered, but I was focused on doing uh, Ironman triathlon. So I went to Canada with the goal of qualifying for Kona, Mm -hmm. and uh, and I missed it by 90 seconds. Oh. Oh. That story needs to get
3: told. Do do you know who beat you? Like, could you see him? Uh, absolutely. How happy was he after that
1: race? It (laughs) it was, it was pretty ugly. It was at Canada. I had trained really hard for it. Um, I, I swam 58 minutes or something like that. Uh, Canada has a couple of mountain passes you go over and I biked like 512, which was decent. That's a strong bike on that course. Yeah. Um, and then um, I, I'm a decent runner, but not a great runner. I'm, I'm decent at all three. I'm not, I don't excel at all three. I didn't excel at all three events. And so um, I started the marathon and f- I was done by mile 13. I had just, you know, gone too hard. But shut it on the half. I had a coach. That's right. <laughs> I had a coach who kind of knew where I was in my age group. And he was barking at me. Yeah which was fantastic. So it really kind of kept me moving uh, through the rest of that marathon. Um, I really... I I came to the last four miles and I knew that I was within one or two places of possibly qualifying. And so I just... You know, classic athlete. I just bared down and went for it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I, I actually... I physically remember the running down the last mile, and running so hard that I could see my vision narrowing. Like yeah, it was all yeah, so. going gray on <laughs> the sides. tunnel vision. Yes, yeah. it was all narrowing, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm about to pass out. I need to slow down." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to back off a little bit. And uh, actually, in the last mile and a half, I got passed by one more guy, oh. and, and I just, I, I was shot. I mean, I hit the finish line and I was shattered. I gave everything I had. I only ran like a three fifty eight marathon under four hours yeah. after that bike is not <laughs> nothing to shake your head at. Yeah. So it was, yeah. And after that, um, and finding out I just missed and, you know, I was in the med tent for three hours or something, yeah. you know, cause I had to have two IVs cause I was so, even though I did the nutrition right, but I was yeah. just you can, kinda you can bury you can bury yourself you know which I think is, <laughs> yeah like that's a, just that's a
2: problem and it's you know there's nothing I mean there's it's you know definitely admirable right. but it's also like you, did you take a step back and look at like okay well then you know family life suffered church life yep. suffered work life yep. suffered and I buried myself I'm in you know I'm in here getting like. Two IBs, IV yeah. right? And then you're just did you just
1: like, I'm done with this. Um, yeah, I basically. I was out of balance. Yeah. My life would definitely out of balance because I was so focused on that. And I knew that I had done as well as I could have. Yeah. And so that was it. Yeah. Yep. That's good. That's that,
3: that's an <laughs> awesome realization to come to because I think especially in triathlon, the, the one main difference I think I see in triathlon versus cycling and running is that cyclists and runners seem to have better balance over their life. Triathlon hours wise yeah. can throw you so far. I mean, yeah. you, you, you think about your top runners in the sport. Your best runners are running 15 to 20 hours a week, sometimes a little bit more with strength, with strength training. So, so their yeah. training weeks can get up to about 20, 25 hours. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to see amateur triathletes training that many hours Yeah,
2: that's true.
3: while working with families Correct. too. So it's, you right. know, I mean, that
1: balance can get thrown so out of whack. Yeah. So after the triathlon, I thought, I'll just run marathons. that's easy tone it it down (laughs) so for the next four years i five years i ran like 17 marathons so i just and and that didn't take as much time it's so much easier right get (laughs) up you go for a run you
2: come home and the kids wake up right it's like that's much more reasonable
1: and i did it for fun you know i i i I did qualify for boston and ran that a few times and which was today yes yeah Mm -hmm. um and but I am not a I do not have a runner's body. I'm a big guy. Um, when I'm in race weight, if I'm at race weight, is like 185 for me. I like to say I'm and 1400 watts. Thick. Though, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all that speed and power training my whole life, you know, I'm just I'm just not thin. I don't have a runner's body. So what happens if you don't have a runner's body and you're running all the time? You break down. Mm-hmm. So my knees are shot. So. I, you know, blew out my knees. I had back problems. And I and I don't know if my, all my back problems are from the 10,000 miles of running I've done on a big body or if it's 20 plus years of bending over people's mouths mm-hmm, doing dentistry. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are the things that eventually took me out, which led me to cycling. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> because... Bad knees don't matter in cycling. Yeah, and yep. and I, my back issues haven't bothered me that much in in cycling either until I started cyclocross racing because my <laughs> competitive streak. Because you're off the bike and running. Yeah. So
0: there's that the final picture of your last cross race that we have <laughs> of, of Lance basically like yard sailed in the under the team tent, oh, like yes. on his back, arms flailed out, legs flailed out. It just looks like somebody like just put it to him and he was done. And uh, we all thought it was just because he'd done his second race of the day, but um, there was a little bit more to that. And your, your back was pretty much done,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, I actually that was the next morning that I woke up with drop foot and I realized i oh, herniated oh. another disc during the race. Yeah, oh. yeah. worth it. Still, it's yeah. gotta be worth it because site.
3: <laughs> so- Everybody I've talked to is cyclocross. It just seems like of all the sports we all do in the endurance world, that uh-huh. seems to be the sport that has got to be the most fun. Oh, it's a blast. Every, I have yet to meet the person who's like, yeah, I did a cyclocross race and it wasn't for me. Yeah, Except, that's for, me. Matt. <laughs> Except well, for Matt. Except uh, for Matt. Matt's
0: done one race and it wasn't at the best venue. I, I'm, I'm going to pull him spinning, out.
2: spinning, spinning, spinning. No, I just don't like cyclocross. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, what is wrong with you? So Lance, you, started cyc- you only started cyclocross like two years ago? That's right. And you absolutely crushed it from what I saw. Like every result, it like you had done extremely well like basically crushed the
1: field well um i I was you start at cat five yeah yeah i know you start off (laughs) and and i have a big engine and i have some power that i can lay out and i i have good bike handling skills i think that's more important than people actually realize yeah And, and in cyclocross it rewards power and bike handling yeah yeah. So you, if you have power and bike handling, uh, you're you're gonna do okay. Which and, is two things I don't have. <laughs> yeah. So, first race, how did you do? the of cyclocross the first one I ever done I actually won my first three races okay I did. that was what I was getting to and the next race <laughs> wow. and the next
0: race win 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 <laughs> it was a, a funny streak and, and you finally got a phone call from Oregon Bicycle Racing yes. Association letting you know or an email letting you know like hey Lance it's time, time to move up and <laughs> you moved up and what did you do again
1: win, so win. they moved me from a cat I, I did three races they moved me to a cat four uh-huh I did three races uh-huh I won two of them and was second another. So in a span of six days, I did those three races in six days. So Candy from OBRA, the Oregon Bike Racing Association, they she calls me and said, um... You're going to have to move up to a Cat 3. Um, I don't know if I've ever known somebody that has done that in six days. I was about days. to ask if that's the fastest.
3: I mean, I've heard of fast upgrades. Like, I've seen kids in a season go from five to three, but not in six days.
1: Yeah, it was a little ridiculous. And Cat 3 is about the right spot for right. me because I'm old. And, and I, and you know, I, I, if I have a really good day, I can... You know, place I can podium if I have a really good day, but it's a really competitive thing for me. Interestingly enough, I don't think I'm the fastest. Robert Cummings on our team, oh, man. he Ooh. did the, he did the same thing in cyclocross. He started as a five and <clears throat> blew through categories. Okay.
0: Check this out for trajectory. Kid started the same time that you did. Cap five did his first ever cyclocross race. So this was yes. not this past season, but the season before. before. So that would be 2016. We catted up, and I think by the end of the season, he was a cat. Two, I think you're right. And then he started last season as a cat two, and finished the season getting his pro, pro card, card. Yes, and was at the the that national maybe. cross championships in the men's elite, which is like the creme de la creme. I mean, that, he was yeah. in that race, and you know, for all intents and purposes, did pretty well for a guy that just started cyclocross racing two years prior. <laughs> two years, yeah. Speaking he of, speaking is of nuts fast. Yeah. yeah. Speaking
3: yeah. of people, I, we'd like to talk to. Oh, at some he's point. he's already agreed <laughs> to come on, and
0: uh, <laughs> once we get our our, uh, our technical skyping stuff for out which will be very soon. Um, <laughs> he's going to come on the show. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. Lance is a, a one of those people that is responsible for getting me into cyclocross. And and basically, it boils yeah. down to um i always looked at, at cyclocross like why do you want to get off your bike and, and ride through the sand and jump over barriers and run up and down stairs i'm like that's not bike riding that's that's what are you doing <laughs> you know get on your bike and ride your damn bike <laughs> well it, it was one of those things where you know you're on strava and you start seeing cross racing coming around oh you're at cross practice yeah have fun jumping over stuff Yada yada yeah and then they go to the first race and you see all the pictures get posted up. You're like wait a second these guys have way too many smiles on their face and there's too much like excitement going around and everybody's talking about how good of a time they're having. And I start seeing more and more of these as the weeks go on. I'm like, wait a second. I don't like it when people have fun without me. I need yeah. to get out there and be a part of this process. And Lance was one of those ones that was out there having way too much fun. I'm like, I don't like that. He's having fun without me out there and he's out there crushing it. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to go check out. And so I went out and watched a race. And then, uh, finally, it, um, it was just this past season. I went ahead and like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. And picked up a cross bike and took it out for a, a ride. And I've worked on a, a bunch of them and I've ridden them up and down the street. Never taken one off road went out and rode the bike and gosh I think I went out for about twice as long as I was supposed to and it's like holy crap where have you been all my life it's like yeah. the best of all worlds it's like my road bike that I love and my mountain bike that I love in one bike and I'm like this is this is glorious this is awesome and went out and did uh you know some racing and, and fell
1: in love with it and I really cannot wait until it comes back up yeah. again this season it's super super fun cross racing is it's it's 45 minutes of max heart rate yep. so yeah. you, it's just 45 minutes of suffering yep. but it, there's always a crowd it's always a party there's always spectators it's yep. so it, it's The atmosphere is fun. Is
2: is really what drew me in thinking this is it's so similar to cross country, which is like right, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia feels for that, right? Where it's like, oh man, I'm gonna love this, right? So it's like you have cowbells, you have all of this atmosphere, people are just like hurling insults at you. Oh yeah, the heckling (laughs) this "This is my bag, baby. I'm gonna love this. And yeah, I get out there and I think it's it is probably lack of lack of power lack of bike handling skills, <laughs> yeah. just these little pieces I'm missing from the puzzle to actually yeah. enjoy it. But that well, sounds so well. much more fun than like,
3: maybe, maybe it we is. should
2: try Xterra. Maybe Xtera's
3: is like that. I've yeah. never done yeah. an Xterra race. I've done a couple yeah. of
1: Xterra races. races yeah. and they're, they're fun. But yeah. again, the bike course is going to be 12, right. 15 miles long. It's not a tight course like oh, a yeah. cyclocross so, race. Yeah, So, so, yeah. You so you're not going to have, have style. You yeah. won't have
2: crowds just like forming and yeah. heckling. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, heckling's a big thing. That yeah, sounds so much more fun. Which is, you you <laughs> should just go, we should just go watch some, we don't have to actually participate. Maybe,
3: maybe, maybe we should stop this triathlon thing next year and go to cyclocross. Whoa, well, if you're
1: anything like me, you will end yeah. up gravitating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's, uh, it's a good time. I enjoy the guy that, there's a couple of them actually I've seen they get those little PA systems at Costco that they're they're playing their music and so you got some cool tunes going on as you're riding by but then all of a sudden they pick up the microphone and they start yelling at you like this like crazy and say like you almost fall off your bike laughing because the insults are (laughs) thrown at you yeah we got to get uh, Jerry on the show too Jerry's one of our teammates he's uh you know the the captain of all the insults and the encouragements that are just (laughs) like wicked funny so Oh, good stuff! All right, so hey, let's let's kick into next gear. Let's get into our back pedal segment and kind of run around the table here and talk about what we did last week. And uh, Matt, you wanna
2: you wanna uh, share with uh, us how your weekend went? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think before we started, we were just chit chatting, and I was telling these guys that I did get on a bike trainer and rolled through a horrible workout. Um, it was like an hour and a half on the bike trainer and I'm just out of shape. I'm out of shape. Uh, but I am probably going to, um, participate in a race next weekend. So nothing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'll probably, it's a duathlon, so it's a 5k, 40k, 5k format. And I'll probably jog the, at least the first 5k and then push on push hard on the bike and then, you know, hop off and see how the last 5k goes. I mean, I'm, I'm not in great shape. I think it'll be fun to participate. Hopefully but uh, the sun's shining. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah, we'll see. It it's be, it's on. It's on a Sunday. Yeah. So it'll be. A, we'll see. Yeah. We'll just kind of. The forecast <clears> says and 60s and stuff. That some. might be one of those things that gets you motivated to be like, okay, get off your, yeah, fat ass. I don't yeah, know, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. rating? Yeah. Keister? Yeah. Keister? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that the nice way to say it? Okay. Earmuffs, muffs, kids. earmuffs. muffs. So yeah. <laughs> so um. So yeah. Nothing too big this weekend. Um. And uh, we'll just kind of go, go from there. Did you guys race? No. I, yeah, I
3: I had a race. How about you? Have mm-hmm. you race this past weekend? N- no, my, I'll I'll wrap up my weekend super quick. Uh, lots of long training oh. and lots of time on the trainer and treadmill. So that was my weekend. The end. That yeah.
0: does not sound fun. All, all indoors. <laughs> uh, I did
3: I did do a running gate analysis at Movement Revolution for an awesome group of people.
2: Awesome. How was that?
3: had a lot of people there it was fun i was
2: at movement revolutions yeah before you left you right showed before up. Yeah. i know yeah. I, I, was, I was i was
3: hoping we could take a peek at matt's but oh
2: that'd be ugly mm. we'll see. yeah
3: there'll there'll be a pro, uh, promotion video coming out of it actually the guy who does all the videography there justin yeah there? yeah justin's awesome really really nice guy
0: good stuff yeah there were a couple races this week and we had the uh, coast hills classic mountain bike race yesterday um down there i think it was what near newport Waldport. Walport okay yeah which is right
1: yeah i think i think it's Walport yeah, yeah i
0: did not attend that but i did uh, get to see quite a few of the pictures and some of the race reports and i hear it was quite the muddy affair um, Whitney Phillips one of our teammates had a picture posted up on uh, gosh it must have been instagram or strava and we've got a pretty loud not loud but it's pretty bright kit that orange he it's was an awesome uh, kit. He, he was mud i mean you couldn't <laughs> even tell what team he rode for Could like his whole was face orange. like was, was everything the whole front of his body was just Mud brown, so it was. A, but he had a smile on his face. Oh yeah, yeah. You could definitely see those pearly whites poking through. So it was kind of a funny picture. Um, and then we had the Kings Valley Road Race on Saturday, which is um, kind of one of our, our local classics that's been around for a lot of years. I think they've been around for got over twenty years, yep. if I'm not mistaken. So um, that went really well. Um, we with had an uphill finish, right? With an uphill finish, yep. yeah. How um,
3: how long was that uphill finish?
0: Oh, I think the last. Three miles is just kind of stair steps, and then I think Uh, the the actual climb climbing finish itself is probably about two thousand meters ish. Um, I'd have to go back and double check that, but it's a it's a nice little finish. I mean, it's not a long long climb, but it's you know it pitches up a little bit, and you have to work for it towards the end. So um, we had just about every field, I think, with the exception because we had uh, no Robert Cummings um, Mm -hmm. for the P one twos, but we had just about every other field. We had um, a pretty good representation in there. Um, we had the the four fives, we had Mike Guy Van who did pretty well. He finished uh, top ten, It was seventh if I'm not mistaken. Sixth, I Think. was the sixth yeah okay <clears throat> he did pretty well then we had um Kim Catherine came in third so she found the podium in the
2: the women's where, where is she now what is she on is she on threes or fours Kim? she's still
0: working on getting her points this is her okay. first road racing season uh, so yeah, she yeah. is quickly piling she's, up the points yeah. she actually might even be there to, to cat up yeah she's gonna so, move up quick she's yeah definitely yeah. she's definitely not a, a cat five road racer she's too freaking strong yep and uh, so she she found the podium, and then we had our, our Masters 40s uh, with myself and Chris Hannell and Sean Martin, and uh, Gene Fez was out there as well. So we uh, we had a really good plan that that played out um, almost to a T. I mean, we had got on Strava earlier in the week, not Strava, I'm sorry, on uh, Zwift earlier in the weekend, had a little Discord chat about how we wanted the race to go. And we came up with uh, three, yeah, about three different plans option A, B, and C. And we pretty much had our A, a option play out for us and we got the podium we put chris handle on the podium with a monstrous effort that he had it was fantastic to watch him lay it down out there and it was kind of fun to to kind of work through the different tactics that we had came up with prior and and watch it all play out exactly the way that we wanted it to so um that's just a good testament to paying attention to your competitors and knowing what they typically are going to do and i got a chance to kind of um, go out there and, and bait some people and, and Sean and Martin and, uh, Chris Handel did everything that they needed to do beautifully. And, um, Chris ended up finishing the last, I'd say probably about 10 miles, eight to 10 miles. Um, I'll correct that later if it's wrong, um, solo off the front and we put in enough work or he put in enough work and we were able to, to hold the field back as much as possible for him to finish and, and get the win. Um, like not even close. I mean, right. he probably finished at
1: least a thousand meters ahead of everybody else so it was yeah. like 30 seconds or 20 seconds or something he finished ahead of it second was, place
0: yeah it was it was a big big gap and I know that he probably took his time he didn't He if he wanted to or if he had to he could have got after it on that climb but I'm sure he kind of just moseyed into it knowing that he had already expended himself and there was no reason to you know to pour it
2: all out But and did he, you guys sprint at the end did you guys have fun we did. Um, yeah. We
0: did. So, um, man, I've got to, I've really got to sit down and figure out some stuff that's going on with my body. Cause I dealt with cramps again and it oh, was okay. pretty nasty. So I, I did what I could to, uh, to kind of pull up the hill. And usually I can get out of the saddle and really kind of lay down the Watts for that last thousand. And it just wasn't there. I had to stay seated and had to spend and, uh, people came around me. So I think I finished uh, fifth place yeah. and which was, which Sean? was fine. Uh, Sean was, I believe, 10th 11th 12th somewhere in yeah. there um and you know for him to finish there after the work that he did that that's huge yeah. that's he's grown so much as a cyclist yeah. too i mean just a, a year and a half ago i mean he was a completely different specimen and then over the past year he has developed and and gained so much um that it just it, it puts a big smile on we the face need to have
2: it. him come on the podcast he would yeah. be good yeah he's, yeah he's, he's just guy. improved so yes. much in the in basically one year of like psych- well one or two years of cycling, he's gotten a lot better. Yeah, so. he's
0: put in, he's, he's completely changed. He's 180 degrees and he's one of our strongest cyclists on the team now, which is, it's a lot of fun. So,
1: so I'm curious, the three of you, you kind of stayed with the front group. You kind of controlled pace and speed. There, was there a few times that you attacked and then the field would recover and you would attack and the field would recover. And then during one of those recovery, that's when Chris went? That's pretty close to what happened. So we we, we knew the course. We knew
0: exactly how... Um, the course was going to play out and where we could put in some efforts and some digs. We knew where the wins would typically kick up so that we can kind of attack into those as well. And our, our, our primary goal was really to get some of the bigger guys from the other teams to do work and, and burn a few matches. And um, a, a lot of times in these races now, every time I will personally go off the front, it's like everybody gets out of the saddle and they sprint and they ride them on back wheel. So yeah. there's really not much I can do there. So um, in talking with him, I was like, all right, well, let's let's use that. Let let's use me as a decoy, and and come up with a time that we can get you and Sean. Um, I'm talking about Chris, Chris and Sean off the front. So um, basically, that was our, our plan. So the the first lap, we had to go up that that finish climb three times. And um, we were able to get Chris to gap off the front. He floated off the front, and everybody was letting him go because nobody else was with him, and it was really early in the race. I'm like, all right, well, let him do what he's never going to do. He's going to get out there and cook himself. But yeah. you know, if you don't know Chris, the guy's got an engine for yes. days, and he can get really small, and he's got a big FTP, and he can just go and go and go. He's a great time trialist. So. He floats off the front. We come up to that climb. I'm like, well, here's a spot where we can make the guys work. Um, I'm going to basically come out of uh, the the field and I'm going to basically attack with about, you know, 700, 800 meters to the top and um, see who comes with me and see who's going to burn some matches and get some of these big guys. Because it's not going to be about me today. It's about getting Sean or Chris, whoever's feeling the best. Um, out out off the front and, and to finish on the podium. And sure enough, I uh, <laughs> got out of the saddle and this was the one thing that kind of killed me. And this could have, a, you know played a part me getting cramps. Um, I just put new cleats on my, my shoes a couple days prior, and mm. the, the stupid thing came out of my pedal. Why or how, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was still kind of smooth, or I, I don't know, I didn't do anything different. But in the process of that happening, uh, my, my foot came up and hit the, the bottom oh. of the water bottle, um, my, my rear bottle, and it booted out of the, the bike. Uh, went flying back through the the the, the field there, but he was screaming water bottle. And I'm like, yeah, that, that I need that. And I'm like, crap. We just stopped timeout timeout game off. Uh, but I, I basically lost, you know, 20 ish ounces of uh, electrolytes that I was going to need for the I think at that point in time, we still had like 45 miles to go. Let it go. I mean, it's just it is what it is. And so I um, clipped back in and just started hammering up the hill. And one guy came with me. Um, he's a, a pretty strong climber, pretty uh, strong cyclist. And we bridged up to to Chris, and I'm screaming at him from behind because I didn't know if he knew I was coming or not. And he finally made uh, made eye contact with me, and he got all giddy because he absolutely loves the breakaway. I mean, yes. it's like a Labrador chasing a tennis ball. I mean, that's him in, that in breakaways. So awesome. He loves them. So he hears me, and he spins up. I jump on his wheel. He lets me recover for a second, and the other guy comes around. And so we basically started pace lining with each other and just hammered the, the flat to the downhill section all the way back around to the start, which was for, oh gosh, I'm going to guess like... I think that ends up being about six miles back to the start or five miles back to the start. And then we went for even just a little bit further than that until the field actually ended up reeling us back in. But in the process of doing that, there was a lot of people that fell off the back. Um, unfortunately, we lost one of our teammates I so kind of felt bad about that. Um, and But it, it narrowed the field down a little bit. And then all the big guys had to work together to bring us back in. And everybody had to put that dig in on the climb. I'm like, good. They, they burned matches. We got Chris up over the hill without burning a single match. Um, and then I you know wanted to put myself out there. So coming back around for the the second lap cuz um, the
1: field was digging to get you. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you
0: know
3: that's the that's the decoy spot. So how, um, how far was the gap at this point going into the second lap?
0: Uh I think the biggest uh the biggest gap that we had that they had to close was probably 3 4 500 meters, somewhere in there. I I wasn't oh. looking over my shoulder too much. I was just nose down just trying to so produce watts.
3: You guys were just dangling out there for that long, like they, yeah. But they they, but they, they didn't go. want
0: to let us get down the decline or the the descent, and got then it. on the flats. And then if we could if we could have held it together and got to the 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 rolling parts of the hills and, and started to dig into that, I think that there's a small minute chance that we could have made it stick. But um, they were working really damn fast to get back up to us. I mean, we were working hard to hold thirty miles an hour, and I can imagine that they were all pretty much organized and going thirty two, maybe thirty three. So they started to close that gap over the course of those miles. But um, mission accomplished. I mean, they brought us back in. And then um, the goal for us was on that second lap was to, again, have me go out and put another attack on the field and get them to answer. And then um, once they, they brought me back in, it was going to be us sending Sean and Chris off at that point in time after, you know, just to create another attack situation. Maybe they would get tired um, or they would just let it go because I wasn't there. So we kind of did that. that. That was the part that was just uh, a little bit different than what we wanted. I kind of went up and, and baited them off the front once and, and Sean came up with me and then, um, and then they answered that and then I, I let Sean go and he ended up getting a pretty good gap out there and he was maybe, I'd say 10 seconds out of the front um, and then that started to slowly, steadily grow. And then, um, I, I, kind of fell back just a little bit cause I'm, I, you know, wasn't going to do work to bring in a teammate and some people started coming around me. And then Chris came up and said, Hey, is it, is it time? I'm like, yes, it's time, but don't take anybody with you. Don't take the whole field. So he, he was, he was very good about that. Um, basically came up to the front, put an attack in to go catch, catch up to Sean, whole field jumped with them and then he stopped and then he jumped again and they didn't go that time. And he basically was able to bridge up to to Sean.
3: That is impressive awesome. fitness to be able to jump and then jump. Was that an almost sim? Was that like a jump catch jump? It, it was. was
0: it... it was probably within about twenty or thirty seconds. If that I'm is not mistaken. Incredible. So wow. And that's, that's just a, Chris. That's yeah. a testament to his Ooh. engine. This guy can yeah. go for days. So he ends up getting up there with them, and I came up to the front and just started. Going slow, slower, yeah, <laughs> not doing work, and you know, making casual conversation with people, trying to distract them from the fact that these two guys are, are going from ten to twenty to thirty to forty, and I think they ended up getting probably about a minute, minute um, out there. Um, and so we came around for that, that second lap went up over the top and then they started to say, you know what, they're out of sight. We need to start working together. And I'm trying to disrupt as much as I can, not doing work and just kind of being in the wrong spot. Like, Oh golly gee, am I in your way? I'm sorry. You know, kind of thing. And they, they finally, you know, like, Hey, if you're not going to work, get out of the way. I'm like, all right, you got me. And, um, I just sat back and, and didn't do any work. And there was other people that were pretty petered out at that point in time. And we worked really hard or we, they worked really hard and I just kind of sat in um, and then um, Sean ended up um, kind of coming off a little bit because he had he did a lot of work for Chris to, um, to get Chris to where he was at. And it was probably with about uh, 8 or 10 miles to go that Sean came back into the group. And Chris knew that we had gotten to that, those rolling hills that we had talked about. That's where you don't give up. I mean, you don't give up until they physically bring you back into the field. You don't sit up just because you see them back there. And he, he did. He He put his nose down and he just powered through those things and he was probably about 10 seconds and then he was 20 and then he was 30 and then he was 40 and I think that he was getting updates from the car that he was about 45 seconds ahead and then it was at that point in time that the the official car came around the field because he had grown the the, the gap big enough and Sean and I looked at each other and we just smiled and we said yes, yes! you know yep. and it's just there was uh the what was it the third leg out before we made the right hand turn into the wind we knew if we could get him to the wind and if the official car was still there that um that we that we think that we had it because it was only 3 miles um after that windy section to get to the finish and pretty much as we hit that wind like all the the, the usual suspects and all the strong guys were up the front doing work and they they're like i've had it I'm, I'm not i'm not doing it unless anybody else is going to come up here and do work i'm done yeah. so there was almost a physical um like time where, where I had to grab brakes. <laughs> well yeah. I, I did. I had to grab brakes because they gave up and the field stopped that quick and then I just like kind of did a little fist pump like <laughs> yes we got him. We got him. He, he's out there. So um you know Chris got to uh the 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 final climb. Um, And and nobody was going to chase him down because they're like, all right, well, it's going to be a field sprint for uh, for second place now because this guy's put too much time into us. And we knew we had it. So um, Sean and I just tried to put ourselves in the best position. And I'm dealing with some cramps and he was dealing with fatigue. But we wanted to get some more points for the team. And and we did. I think collectively between the two of us, we probably brought in another 12 or 15 points for our, um, our team points. And, you know, Chris got the win. So it was mission accomplished. And it was like one of the best races that I've ever been in just because it played out the exact way that we wanted it to play out. And it was fun. Um, you know, because these races are kind of notorious for just being like a big, you know, throwdown for the end and, and nobody does work and there's not a lot of team tactics to go into it. So to have a plan to go into it, to execute and have it work out was a thing of beauty. And I'm super proud of Chris. I'm super proud of Sean for the work that they did. And it was a fun race. So good stuff.
1: That's fantastic. Awesome. So cool to have a plan that actually works out yeah. and having yeah. some backup <clears throat> plans and able and have enough teammates in a race that you can actually pull something Absolutely. Like out. Yeah. Yeah fun stuff. Lance, how was your weekend? Uh, mine, mine was great. I have, a, I have an interesting story, I guess. Um, I, obviously, I'm recovering from this back surgery, and so um, I haven't been able to ride very much. And being retired, I've been playing with my kids and my dog a whole lot. And so that's been nice. But um, I, I went to do a group ride um, this Saturday out in uh, the Columbia River Gorge. You guys talked about that a couple of weeks ago, I think. And uh, we, we go to, uh, we're out in the Dalles area, and <sighs> I, I'm not in very good shape right now. I'm trying to round back into shape a little bit, recovering yeah. from the surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so I, I only rode just about 50 miles, like 45 miles yep. or something like that. It's perfect. Uh, it was like 4,000 feet of climbing or something like that. So it was a fair amount That's of climbing out there. Distance. Yeah. yeah. And um and I've been really careful about what I've been eating lately. I've been trying to eat really cleanly because my clothes all shrunk. Yeah, <laughs> so that happens. I think so, I think that happens when it gets cloudy it for whatever
3: reason. It's like it gets cloudy and all the clothes <laughs> shrink. So,
1: I had to fix all my clothes, so I've been eating cleanly and um I I uh, I I get out there, I finish the ride, I kind of fell apart in the last four miles or something, I had completely bonked. I lost the group. I ended up breaking just, off early. So just cut sw- a section. S- small ring in it back. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so I get back to my truck. I make it there. I'm like, oh fantastic. And then for whatever reason the nausea hit. Oh, no. <laughs> like like top end or
3: bottom end no, issues? No, top, top end. Top so end. okay, good.
1: I'm trying to recover. I'm drinking water. I'm drinking replacement drinks. And I'm driving back from the Dalles. And I'm pulling over about every five miles and puking my guts oh. out. Oh, <laughs>
3: You know, so, so so we have a segment here coming up, this, called Training airs. I think we need to, in future segments, talk about... I mean, Jake's over here. As, as a physical therapist, I'm cringing at these things right now. Yes. Consistent muscle cramps. We got puking coming yes. back from a ride. Yes. Like,
1: <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah. So it was interesting. I, I, um, I. Showered the uh, rest of the gorge with my vomit for <laughs> about 20 miles. Yeah.
0: You had a um, you were on a group ride. It was a pretty good sized group ride. Who'd you ride with?
1: Uh, this is I on Saturday mornings. There's a local Vancouver washing group called the Mari Group. Um, it's it, it's named after a uh, coffee shop that no longer exists, but the but the ride is still called the Legacy the Mari Lives On Group. <laughs> Very nostalgic group. <laughs> So it's mostly older guys. It's mostly guys in their forties or fifties, but they're all you know pretty good, hardcore, good cyclists. Yep. And uh, in in my fitness right now, I would have a difficult time hanging on the team ride, but the Mari group I can generally hang with. There you go. I'm usually accused of being a disruptor on the Mari
0: group. Would you happen to be out there lancing the group?
1: (laughs) Yes, I've done that several times.
3: I would imagine a group that rides a ride of a coffee shop that doesn't exist anymore does not appreciate 1,400-watt spreads.
1: So I get get some grief a little bit here and there for that, but... but, yeah, they're a good group of guys, and so I, I rode with them, and I, I try to ride with them if I can't make the team ride or if I don't think I can hang with the team ride or if there's not a B oh. group on the team ride. <laughs> <laughs> so. oh. I
3: mean, the, the, the few rides I've went on, it does a good job of splitting itself up on Saturdays, right? I mean, is that still the case? I know in February that was. But- they do, yeah. Mm. I and mean,
0: I mean, when they do split up, we try and have some pre-designated uh, regroup areas, and we, have, um, if we know that we're going to have a pretty good side group we try and have a, a b group leader so that we can kind of keep everybody together keep tabs on everybody make sure that everybody's a having fun be safe
3: and see like knows where they're going um, it's it's definitely one of the the more organized <clears throat> groups in that sense that i've seen because i mean any, any listeners from Ohio who will crack up at this Southern Ohio rides seem to be famous in, in at least that region for alright this is a no, no drop ride and then everybody's yelling yeah, and hating blows. each other halfway yeah. through the ride and there's guys <laughs> my age and younger blowing it up so right good stuff All right.
0: So let's, let's kick into this, uh, this next topic, Evan. Um, you were the one that wanted to, to run through this when we all thought it was a fantastic idea. Um, common training errors. And
3: I mean, this is just so perfect because Jake just led me right into this with these, these chronic muscle cramps. This was, yeah. So I think, um, and, and I wanted to bring this up because I think I, I I coached myself for years. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I was incredibly stubborn in triathlon earlier in my career. Um, I wouldn't listen to anybody, wasn't going to let anybody coach me. And uh, I trained my, I, I, I had good results, but I really trained myself into some some really bad holes mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And um, my best example, I'll just give one example and then I'm sure Matt over here I know was also a, a volume junkie back in his running days, so he can speak to this. And me and Matt both agree that when you're somebody who can sustain those volumes, it's hard to sometimes know where that ceiling is mm-hmm. and where those diminishing returns are going to pop up. And um, I used to do days that were, uh, so when I graduated from PT school, um, like when you left dental school, I was very mentally burnt out after having worked on yes. weekends, spent all, you know, training 20 hours a week, triathlon, going to class eight to five every day and studying my brains out. And right when I was done, uh, I had a friend, a very good friend of mine, Kit Henders, who lives in, um, uh, right outside of Denver. we um, right outside of Golden, Colorado. So I told him as soon as I graduated PT school, I'm going to live with you for four weeks. Yeah. So I go there and me and him are very similar human beings. We like to train without computers. We like to train like they did in the 1800s and <laughs> we just ride hard and long and that's it. We're very competitive with each other. So I go there and for the whole four weeks I was there, this was leading into the beginning of that triathlon season. Uh, I was training 30 to 35 hour weeks for four weeks straight. That was 60 some mile run weeks. That was 20 hour bike weeks. And this is at altitude. I had never been at altitude before. Um, I was lucky enough that, um, I, I have a very high natural hematocrit. So I adjusted to the altitude very well, but what I did not, so this was the, the training error here was I did not take into account the lack of quality sleep at altitude and I did not take into account what that volume was going to do to me when race week came, when I came back down from altitude. In my head, I was thinking, oh, this is like the cyclists in the 90s when they would you know, dope themselves up and then go back and race these wonderful races. So I trained myself into a hole for four weeks, went back, and just, I mean, did, I did find the race, but race nowhere near where my fitness should have been, not even close. And I think <clears throat> it's, you know, I see guys my age and younger whether it's cycling running or triathlon who have these engines and i like want a word of the wise or somebody who's made these mistakes just because you're able to train 20 hour cycling weeks consistently doesn't mean you should because yep. you don't want to be the guy that wins the training war and loses every race. You want to be the guy that's actually getting results.
1: Yeah.
0: Train smarter, not harder. Exactly. Right? Yep. Exactly.
1: Isn't one of the ways to to kind of discover that about yourself is uh, like taking your resting heart rate first thing in the morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if if your resting heart rate first thing in the morning, if you can consistently take that, an endurance athlete, your resting heart rate might be 45 or but, 40 yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. And if you're overtraining yourself or yep. doing too much, it's going to be spikes. 50, it's going to start yeah, to spike, 55. yeah. Fifty-five, and that's yeah. Even though you might feel okay, that's a sign that hey, yeah. I'm doing too much. And
3: this is, I think the the, and this is why I wanted to bring up this topic is because I really think it's so all of us here are not professional athletes at this table. Are we? So hold on, hold on. I got paid $15 <laughs> to
0: race last weekend when I went for my fifth place. So I got $15. 15 I Did you professional no. baby?
3: Did you get like a tire and a, and a like water bottle too?
0: Uh, no, I was in an envelope. It was, Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's yeah. if it's would- in an envelope. That's, I don't know. Okay. So,
3: so we have three amateurs at this table and Jake. so, <laughs> But we, we we all have what so um I've I've read a couple of books talking about the cortisol response and stress response just in general not not with athletes but just with life in general we we all have one cup I like to use this analogy for my patients we we don't have three cups this isn't you don't have family stress job stress and sports stress cup it is all one cup yeah so if you are thinking okay you know I'm sleeping five to six hours a night right now I have two kids I have a job I have this and that that is all going into the same cup. Now you add, okay, I want to try and do peak training leading into my favorite race right now. Yeah, that cup's going to overflow because kid stress, life stress, and job stress is not separate from that. Correct. And I think as, especially as guys who are younger in the sport start developing into that whole life thing with the family and all that, you, you, you've got to realize that, that you cannot be putting out those massive training weeks and expect to see results when you're only sleeping five, six hours a night, or all of a sudden you're not cooking for yourself anymore because you don't have time on the weekends. And now you're eating subway, you know, five times a week or something like that. Not, you know, no, no knock on subway there, but (laughs) there's more nutritional options out there.
2: Yeah. Other. Yeah. I think that's a huge point is that the training stress is one type of stress, but for me, like travel stress, I see this a lot where it's like if you have to travel to a race or whatever it is, like that's an additional stressor that you need to take into account. Like you can't do that and have that killer workout that you want to have, right? Where it's like, right. I'm looking at Lance because he travels quite a bit. But it's like, you know, you hit the airplane, you know, you do this stuff, you're not going to get great sleep that night, however it goes. But, like, that's what I think people don't really realize. It's like, oh, well, I basically had the day off yesterday. Like, I need to go hard tomorrow. Well, no, that's a, that was a stressor. And, you know, it's not the best stressor for you to, like, become a great athlete or whatever it is,
1: but it was a stressor, and you need to take that into account when you're planning out your week. So. Yeah. In uh, in 2011, I ran a marathon on the Great Wall of China. Oh wow! In, uh, That's outside cool. of Beijing, and so of course, Beijing is not an easy place to get to. <laughs> but, yeah, you know it's. it's and and, a and actually, it, it was it was interesting because I was actually there. I, I actually have a master's in business as well. I've got an MBA as well, and it was during my schooling for MBA that that uh, our class was going to Beijing for like a two week. Um, like thing, yeah. and I'm like, hey, hop in this, man. There's a marathon <laughs> you are on the Great Wall. An I to yes, that. totally. <laughs> it's so. on the Great Wall of China. So, so right. right. Yeah. So I went five days early so I could <laughs> go run this marathon on the Great Wall, and it, you know, you can imagine there's lots of up and down. It's <laughs> yeah, 26 miles. I think it was something like. Forty thousand steps yeah. that you had to so go all these up stairs. or down oh. stairs. Is that, how? How? Is that yeah. like going to the moon? <laughs> yes. Like is
3: that like a staircase to the moon? The there moon? was
1: there was a section there was a section that was like five thousand steps and it came at mile twenty three. Oh god. And oh, so god. people were were crawling up the steps. <laughs> I actually stopped and took video because yeah. I was you know, laughing hysterically in my mind as I'm vomiting off the side at the same time, right? <laughs> Just because it so was is so there, hard.
3: So did you run straight twenty six to a point, and then no. did you? Okay, no. so it was
1: out and back. It was it. We did like three separate loops, and we did this one section of the Great Wall of China three different times. Twice, oh, one direction, okay. and one the other. Okay. You didn't run 13 miles out. 13 was miles
3: going back. downstairs terrible oh, yeah, at absolutely. some point? Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, absolutely terrible. Especially but on your knees without that ACL. Yes, that's, no, <laughs> that's right. My point was, is I detonated in that race, not only because it was difficult and all the climbing and all the downhill, but I traveled for 24 yeah. hours, you know, two days before. And it, so it was, yeah. yeah, you just don't take into effect how much that can actually affect you. But. Yeah.
3: And this is where I think taper strategy is, is huge. And that's, I think that's the, the, the problem with some of these training plans, everybody draws up. Everybody's got this grand three or four week plan and you nail all those numbers and then you get to your taper week and you read some weird article about, Oh, I should only like drink pomegranate juice this right. week. And I'm going to still train high intensity, but I've got to fit in all this work cause I'm going to be, you know, flying. So I've got three days of hard work, low sleep, take a red eye to the race. And all of a sudden your taper week just ruined four weeks of training right there. So, yeah.
0: Yep. Training smarter, not harder. That's a, that's a, that's a big thing. And and that's kind of something for me too, about common training errors. is just not really understanding your schedule to begin with. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, tactically going about it completely incorrectly or using the wrong kinds of metrics or sciences to make sure that you're making the proper progress and, and, and gains. Um, if you're not, you know, working with a coach and you're not following a structured program, um, you can't really expect to make you know the, the gains that you want to make if you want to go out and be a successful you know fill in the blank runner cyclist triathlete what have you um, you know and a lot of people. I'll see them out there and it's just they're, they're training, but it's completely unstructured. They have no idea what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. just go out and riding their bike and they're, you know, attacking Strava segments and they're, they're going on these massive
3: rides and, and they're just doing all this haphazard stuff. Zwift races Guilty. every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to do an easy Zwift ride. Yeah, right. is, I have never in my life seen anybody actually go on. An easy. as every single oh, yeah. Zwift ride I bring up, they're like, Oh, new watt record. I'm like, you just <laughs> set that last week. Like this is, you're not gonna be able yeah. to keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> you know and
0: and you know you can actually do a very functional swift ride and you if you jump into erg mode and set something up you know predetermined plan with a preset program that you want to go out and accomplish you can't go harder than than you want to you 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 lose that option when That's you go a into check. a training yeah. plan so you you definitely stop chasing those carrots. Like if people come around you and pass you, you're not, you can spend as hard as you want. It just gets easier. And you're just spending super fast with no resistance and your guy's not going any faster. You're like, damn it. So <laughs> you, it naturally puts you back into that mode of making sure that you're staying where you need to be. So that's a good way to, uh, to yeah. kind of curb that. Um, there's no way to really curb that when you're out there writing in real life no. and you're no. chasing a Strava segment that pops up on your Garmin saying, Oh, on your mark, get set, go. And, and you're going to go hammer this for you know, three, four or five minutes, whatever it ends up being. But, um, really, just having a, a, a predetermined plan, riding with organization, and riding with a purpose, and, and working with somebody that's holding you accountable. And for me, is that's probably the most common training year for cyclists. If you want to, you know, basically be peaked and ready to go for a race, you got to go about it the right way, and and that's and, what you got to do.
3: You and, cannot train smarter without a plan. You have to have yeah. a plan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And And I think it's, and I'll and I'll let Matt talk to this too because I know Matt has had a long period in his life where he was running 100-mile weeks. Yeah. And that yeah. is, I think um, we were just having this discussion, so we're we're kind of going from the cycling to the running triathlon world here. But there was a question, I was reading a blog talking about what is more stressful on the body, running a max marathon or doing an Ironman. And from a exercise physiology point of view, when you really look at it, actually running a max marathon is actually more stressful on the body depending on the pacing that you're going. Um, yeah. the, the, the breakdown musculoskeletally, um, is, is very, very stressful. So yeah. it's, it's definitely, uh, uh, something to think about when you're starting to transition to that marathon training and realizing that, okay, you know, I may have done 20 or 30 miles training when I was doing triathlon. Now getting into that 50, 60 mile group is, it may not be, it may be less hours, but yeah. it's more stress on the body. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think they're different, right? Like, you know, your pacing for an Ironman marathon is just pretty mellow compared to, you know, when you're fit running wise and you're going hard in a marathon. And I really think, you know, they're they're very different on your body. Like nutrition is totally different, the the way your body's going to respond. Like you're just going to be so much more beat up after a hard hard marathon where you're absolutely pounding the pavement hard. And you're actually you're probably even wearing like lighter shoes and thinner shoes and things like that because you really need to turn it over faster. But yeah, in the, in the Ironman distance, your body's beat up. It's it's just different like you you expect to have this absolutely massive recovery afterwards and uh and so yeah i feel like they're they are different i, I do feel like um i've been be- beat up by both of them pretty badly so i i don't know if uh, you know they're they're different they're just um they are both pretty tough. I wouldn't say one's harder or easier than the other, yeah.
3: just different. I did, I, did, I did not have an opinion on it because I oh, have not okay. done a full Ironman or a full
1: marathon. So my opinion means nothing here. I can here, so. see <laughs> your future, young man. I've been much yeah. more shattered after a hard marathon than mm. after an Ironman. And I think it's because, you know, for me, I might be running seven-minute pace right. for a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. But for an Ironman, I'm running... Eight thirties or nine minute pace. Yeah. And you just you just don't have as much pounding and so I don't beat my or I didn't beat my legs up as much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway yeah, yeah just
2: different just different but you know and then i feel like you're exhausted in a different way right like your whole body like you know you've completely depleted glycogen stores on an Ironman distance right where it's like your body's just absolutely there, yeah. spent in a different way right so it's just that's
1: what the med tent's for yeah the med tent that, <laughs> that, <laughs> thank you <laughs> ivs how many, how many how many ivs was that yeah so okay, thank you to all volunteers in med tents that's everywhere right. so.
3: good stuff
0: all right, so let's kick it forward into our um, one of our last segments that um, we have to bring up from every from from time to time. Uh, airs and emissions. Um, anything from uh, anybody around the table here? Um, I, I I do have one thing that I think I brought up um, it was uh, Stephanie um mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yep. we were talking about her. That's Derek's mom who was uh, doing her. Uh, a half Ironman a couple weekends ago on Oceanside. Well, anyway, she had our, her little crash, and, and we mentioned in there that she had to be resuscitated. Um, that's my memory coming up with uh, misinformation. So I will retract that. She was actually just in a really bad way, and I, I think that she was out, but she didn't have to be resuscitated. But we're just happy that she's yeah. alive and well still and, and thriving, us. So and still yes. with <laughs> us and, and happy, So
3: um, and we love her. Um, anybody else have anything that they'd like to uh, recant on? Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I've I've been staying away from trying to say exact race times yeah. so that I don't have to be as consistent
2: on the errors and emissions. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't remember specifically, yeah. but I'm sure that there's quite a few.
1: Errors, yeah.
0: So all right, so that'll be the one for the week. Lance, you don't have anything that you, you got to take back. Uh,
1: all of my numbers are soft. Yeah, yeah. everything's been <laughs> estimated <laughs> in my favor. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Lance's standard deviation yes. is a good <laughs> wide range there. So. <laughs>
0: All right, so this is our one last thing. We're going to run around the table. Any uh, any one last things for you, Matt? Anything that you'd like to, to contribute to us?
2: Ooh, um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely, I've had some really good feedback to the podcast and definitely appreciate people listening. It's just been, yeah, it's been good. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah I don't have a, a one last thing specifically. Did you make any videos since we last talked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did, uh, on the YouTube, I posted a video and, uh, nothing too big. Um, I'm going to start posting some just little things like, you know, like, uh, one, maybe like how I schedule my triathlon season, which I don't, you know, really love. But, uh, and then another one, um, that I'm going to post at some point is like, um, what's in my race bag which I think is just funny right yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> so yeah so you know drop the race bag on the table open up and you just find weird stuff you know what that gonna, might be
0: a good podcast thing too we can all just show up don't, don't go through it beforehand just bring it in with you and just open it up and we'll just yeah.
2: I'll, no, uh, I'll well, make sure that we'll, I don't clean out after St. George and bring that in so you guys <laughs> so that, look for this video that's yeah it'll go live here in the next couple of days or whatever it's just like because literally that's what I do Is like I open it up and I'm just finding weird stuff and I'm like oh, sorry that I'm showing you YouTube stuff and the, and this great. is your
3: first one of the season too. So that stuff's been sitting in there for right? I That's bet
2: like we should take bets on what's gonna be in there. Yeah. No, I mean yeah, you can what take, bets, suit take bets and then have a look at this video because it's um some of it's like this is gonna either need to be washed or thrown away. Not sure yet. <laughs> Not sure yet. Like so yeah, some gross stuff. Yeah, check it out. Funny, funny. Yep, yep.
3: One last thing, Evan, what you got? <laughs> Ooh, um there the the classic seasons wrapped up. Mm. Um there was definitely some awesome racing. If anybody wants to go back and watch if you're on the trainer for a long time, listen to our podcast, of course. And then flip on like Amstel Gold was this last weekend. Perry Roubaix was just a great anybody who sat there and doubted Peter Sagan's fitness this year, go watch what he did in Perry Roubaix. It that was fantastic. I mean, I like I was critical of the guy too, but like that. I mean, he just, he he decided that race, he was going to show how much better he is than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, he literally beat, I mean, what is just an absolute machine of a team in quick step. So,
1: yeah. That was fun.
3: That definitely was. But yeah, that and we uh, the beginning of the ITU season is really getting heated up. So we'll have some fun little race breakdowns of, you yeah. know, how, okay. God, they're so... So fast, cool. so good, so yeah. fast,
1: crazy.
0: Lance, one last thing.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell a Jake story. So, oh, no, uh, no, <laughs> good, good. Actually, last uh, last year we were on a, a training ride with the group. Matt may have been there or not, but uh, we did this flat training ride where we paceline pretty hard. And there, um, you know, as a group, there were eight or ten of us, we tend to ride. 27, 28, 30 miles an hour, something like that, and it's 12 or 15 miles. So we're all working pretty hard. But at the end, of course, there's a sprint section.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the beach is right. Okay, no, no, remember. right. No, I'm sorry, Matt. That's probably why you're not sure if Matt was there or that's
0: not. Right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, rude. That are, that's rude. That's Yeah. That, oh, was, Matt's strong
2: was, on that ride. Yeah, he gets no, in no, that no, no, TT bike. I remember I was there until I wasn't there. Was when he's,
1: he's talking about the sprint section. Yes, yes. So. Near the end of the ride, um, of course, Jake is a powerhouse, and so he has blasted me on every sprint that I have done, and so I told myself at the beginning of the ride, I'm just going to stick on Jake's wheel for the last (laughs) mile. I'm not going to go around him because we've been all going around. I'm just going to stick on his wheel because I am going to get him today. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. And so... (laughs) So I get on Jake's wheel. We pull to the front and we ended up losing everybody. Yeah. So it's just me and Jake. Jake is humming along. We're doing 31 or 32 miles an hour. I'm sitting on his wheel. We're getting closer to the end and I'm thinking, yes, I've got (laughs) him. I have got him. He is right where I want him to be. I'm going to come roaring around him. So I'm sitting on the wheel. I'm all jacked. I'm waiting to pounce. I get off my seat and my pedals to go, and Jake rides away from me. Yeah. <laughs> he just left me in the dust. Was that like as soon as you left his draft, you realized <laughs> yes. how fast you guys were going? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so not only did he pull for the last mile and a half, but then he yeah. just rode away from me. And I pulled off the side of the road and I went, what am I doing out here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. I am in the wrong sport.
1: I thought I was totally primed in this, but that just goes to show how powerful jake yeah. is. Yeah. So he's
3: way too humble over there. Yes, yeah. yeah. he, he is. is. Yeah. So I wanted to tell the <laughs> jake story. The sun was out that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, thanks for the story, Lance. Those are always good times. Can't wait to get back out there with you and. and uh, Mix it up this summer. I'm working on it. Yeah. You're, you're coming along <laughs> strong too. Good job. Uh, um, my one last thing, I just wanted to come back to the, the road race that we had this past weekend out there at Kings Valley. And, uh, you know, first thank the promoters for putting on a wonderful race in a, a beautiful part of the, the state of Oregon. But uh, just wanted to just give a big shout out to Chris Hannell and Sean Martin for the excellent work that they did in that race. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the guys in the fifties too, and just say how awesome of a job that they did. Um, you know, Ian Gibson and, and Michael Myers, and um, who else was in there? Uh, Whitney Whitney Phillips was in there. I mean, those guys worked together fantastically as well. And kind of a funny story: there was two guys that got away from the group in the beginning of that race and nobody knew that they got away nobody was paying attention
3: <laughs> sneaky <laughs> sneaky sneaky so um they
0: they 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 thought that there was like a rumor that somebody had gotten away and how they lost track of them I don't oh, know rumor. I wasn't in the race head scratching <laughs> moment but um long story short um they all did a phenomenal job of working together as well, and they supported Michael um, pretty well. and He's so flipping strong right now, yes, yeah. And he uh he rode the group off his wheel, if I'm not mistaken. If I got my story right, that might have to go into Arizona Arizona missions next week, but anyway, he uh he came across the the finish line fist pumping, yeah, yeah, and third, third um, place, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but still oh. such a solid finish. Um, and it was it was good to see those. And you know, Kim Catherine was out there, and she is off to an amazing start in her, uh, her road cycling career, and she's, you know, gobbling up points left and right and on the podium. So it was awesome to see the team out there doing really well, and I like the feedback that I'm getting, too, about the way that people are enjoying the way that our team is going about road racing uh, they're they're excited about the fact that we're actually you know injecting like you know race tactics in there and it's not just a big old arm wrestling competition at the end to see who's got the most horsepower but we're actually employing tactics and 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 you know doing some actual chess match road racing it's been a lot of fun Fantastic, um, you know that's been great and then uh we had a bunch of guys down we had guys that that doubled up that i think Whitney and maybe somebody else doubled up and went out and did the Coast Hills classic mountain bike race the next day. And we had a pile of guys down there and we had some podiums and, and wins down there and some guys that just went down there and got super muddy and had a blast. Um, but I'm just, again, super proud of this team. We are weeks into the season now and we are like light years out in front with the in the team competition. Um, we do have uh, Therapeutic Associates that's kind of nipping at our tails, but I think we,
3: gosh, we're probably... Three maybe four hundred points up on them. We yeah. need to. I'll I'll tell you what. I may I may revive my road racing career if that one gets close. Not that right. I'm competitive with <laughs> their <therapeutic> associates, <laughs> You know, but that's kind right. of a personal <laughs> yeah, a point. <laughs> a little personal rivalry there. There for you go. Me. Physical so, uh, therapy
0: versus physical therapy. I may I may have to jump in yeah. if we well, if we it, get
3: close. <laughs> Not for nothing. This is.
0: This is a, a year-long thing. This isn't just roads. So, I oh, mean, it, it goes into cyclocross and time trials and uh, the mountain biking race. You see, all of that stuff gets pulled into the, the,
3: the, the cumulative points. I'm really I serious do. about this fall forcing me and Matt into some cyclocross. Yeah, I think cool. I'm, I'm really not joking Don't about that because my, my, my <laughs> last race is going to be the first week of September, yeah. best in the yeah. West. Yeah. So, we yeah. made...
2: Yeah, we made you jump. I'll in. A, I'll cheer you on.
3: No,
0: Matt, you had fun at the practice. <laughs> you did the I, stuff with the, the tireless fellow guys. Absolutely, yeah. I love guys, yeah, so I love cyclocross
2: practice. You got to come back. <laughs> so We've weird. got
0: to have you come back. We'll we'll have you skip We're David doing Douglas. It, Matt. That We're that doing that. It. that course wasn't fantastic. No. If you come out and just give like Hetmier or one of the Washukel races a, a chance, I have a sneaking suspicion you might have a renewed faith in your. Potential love of, of cyclocross racing. We you just got to give it one more
3: one more chance. We shall see. I'll make I'll make a promise on this podcast. I'll do I'll do right. a couple cyclocross this fall. I'll awesome. Do it. Yeah.
0: So anyways a collective total. So I'm super pumped about the way this weekend went. I'm really happy with where the team is at right now, and um, you know having all you guys on this team as well, Lance included, um, it just it makes me happy, and just to see how well the team is doing as a whole. So thank you, thank you very much, thank you. So, all right, so that's a wrap, folks. Um, thank you for coming, Matt. Evan, Lance, thank you very much for coming in. We really enjoyed having you. My pleasure. I'll come every to you, week. Lance. So. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we will definitely have Lance back. He's uh, uh, going to be a nice, nice guy to have around. Um, next week, come on back and we'll uh, we'll have some more information for you. Got a lot of fun things on the uh, the list of topics to get through. Um, have a good one and bye for now.